welcome to the Happy in Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christina Arnold. I'm an expert certified coach and a physician mom. I help women physicians go from burnout to happy in medicine. Let's get started. Today we cover a super common question I get as to how do I pick my next coach? I'm actually, as we speak, in the process of picking my next coach. So I'm going to share you what has been super useful for me. And actually, as I went through this, I was like, wow, this is really useful for anyone who's thinking about, is this relationship complete? Is my romantic relationship complete? Is my friendship complete? There's, and how can I end it with love? Or how can I find the next one with love? So it's a super versatile topic, but we're going to cover it in a way I've never covered before, which is kind of ripped from my diary on how I pick my next coach. I also want to say I have a lot of experience here because I have fired pretty much every coach I've ever worked with. One of them I fired twice. So um, why that is not because they're bad coaches, of course not. And not because I'm a meanie pants, definitely not. But it's an, I think it's a normal part of a relationship to find periods where it's complete. And the faster we can do that, not making ourselves wrong or making them wrong or their program wrong. It helps us release us into what are we ready for next? So we're going to cover all of that today. So things you for sure, what I want to start with is you for sure know how to hire your coach. Even if you've never worked with a coach before, I promise you, you know how to work with, how to select one. Here is the secret. Think about how you select anyone in your life, your primary care physician, your babysitter, your pet sitter, Think about it. You've hired people in your life. I promise you have. How did you do that? It's the same process for hiring a coach. So how does it feel to you? Just like checking your body. Oh my gosh, I know totally how to hire a coach. I've hired people my whole life. For sure know how this is, how this works. Feels pretty good, right? It might feel reassuring. Might feel calming and doable. And that's always what I teach my clients is to start with what we know. And we already know so much. And I think when you're looking for a coach, you want to find someone who helps you make your goals seem reassuring that you can for sure get it. Have you feel calm, like everything you want is doable. I think that's a really important skill to have in the coach you work with. So pay attention to how you feel. So let's look at how have you hired pet sitter, let's say, for example, most people are going to hire it like this, especially physicians, because we are very, very bright people. and We have lots and lots of knowledge. We aren't going to make a random selection. We are going to think about what it is we want. We're going to ask the people we trust for recommendations of people they love working with. Maybe we ask our friends. Maybe we go to Facebook communities. Maybe we ask our vet, but we're going to get recommendations. And then we're going to select a couple we're going to look them up and check out their free content. Maybe we go to their website. Maybe we look at their testimonials. We're going to figure out if what their vibe is and if it matches for us. We might meet with them. We might talk with them over the phone. We might have like a little mini interview. And then we just check in with our guy what makes more sense, what fits in logistically with what kind of pet sitting services we need? Like, are they available when we're going to be traveling? Does our pay structure make sense? Are they going to be able to stay overnight with the pets? We just check what they offer against what we need and we decide if it's a match or not. Simple, right? That's how we have our pet sitter. It's actually the same process for hiring a coach. So how does it feel? You actually know how to hire a coach, even if you never hired one before. 
So what I like to say when you're looking for a coach is a very similar process. Ask the people you trust for recommendations. Maybe that's a Facebook group. Maybe it's just your actual friends. Your friends are going to come up with names that you can go investigate. Look them up. Look at their website. Look at their free content. Do they have a podcast you can enjoy? What does their website look? What's the vibe of their website? Ask your friends, like, what did they love working with this person? How, how did they love it? What were the results they created? Right, We want to get some information and some context to see if it's a good match. Most coaches will give you a free consult call. It's a call to see if you're a good fit. It's no pressure. It's just an idea to see, could we work together well? What's the vibrational match between you and the coach? And on any of this free content, if you're able to get results from that, from a free content, you're for sure going to be able to get results from their paid content. It's really good information to have. Right, so that's very similar. Hiring a coach is very similar to hiring a pet sitter, for example. Now, here are some key differences, which maybe they aren't that different at all, but wanted to make a note of, and this is what you're going to learn in my program is really to develop your own intuition in making your decisions. So as a scientist, I'm sure you're going to want to get a list together or an Excel or kind of meet a bunch of coaches and have all these parameters and ask all these questions. Not a problem. Do it. It's amazing. Here's my suggestion. Make sure you're leaving an Excel column or you have some space to consider how does it feel to work with them? I really think this is the number one thing you should make your decision on for anything, for picking, if you were to go, like if I were to go back and pick a college and my vibrational match was super high. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? We're looking for that feeling. When I met my husband, it was a very super high feeling. Oh my gosh, I love this human being. Same thing when I found my wedding dress. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my dress. Like looking for that vibrational match is so important. You might not be able to quantify that on an Excel list that everyone in the world would agree with, but knowing what's a full body yes for you is so important. Questions I like to ask about, or I, I get this question a lot, how do I pick a coach? And I'll, and I'll say, listen, ask all your questions, amazing. And leave space to trust your instincts, your intuition. Is this someone who you feel comfortable and safe telling your secrets to? Do you feel like you can be yourself around them? Or do you feel like you have to go do your hair and dress up? Right, we want to be ourselves. We don't want to feel like we have to take a shower and do our hair to get on the phone. No, thank you, Right. <laughs> right. Do you enjoy spending time with this person? Does this person make you giggle? Do you guys have, a, is there a room to just be yourself? I think my personal philosophy is life is serious and heavy enough as it is. We hire a life coach to bring some lightness into our life, to help us feel relieved, to help us feel energized and okay being ourselves. So I generally do not, I would never hire a coach who takes everything very seriously. I do not need one more person looking down their nose at me telling what to do. Like I do not need one more person to scold me. So pay attention to that on the session. How do you feel? What's the energy of the room? I have met many, 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 many amazing questions, many, many amazing coaches, but here's in general things that really turn me off. And this is very unique to me. And I'm only giving this as an example so you can kind of formulate what works for you and what doesn't. The things that work for me, you might hate them. You might say like the opposite, not a problem. I do not like coaches who talk really fast and interrupt me so I can't even think. And oh my gosh, so many coaches I fired over this. I do not like coaches who ask very pointed, sharp, shaming questions. It's easy for a coach to say, how does that thought feel? 
And if they don't understand that that's a thought that really could shame someone, they're just not my coach. I don't go to a coach to get shamed. I go to a coach to feel better. So I really look out for it. I think there are, there are a lot, maybe most coaches will have a little bit of a shaming angle because not their fault, but how most coaching is taught is not trauma-informed. It's not about helping the client feel safe. It's about can we just kind of bust through their thinking? And here's what I like to think. You can help a client feel better without shaming them. A hundred percent for sure. It's a skill most coaches do not have. So something I look for in a coach is, are they trauma-informed? Have they pursued trauma-informed certification? That does not mean they're going to be trauma-informed because some people pursue the certification, but it never lands in their head. So it's nice that they've had the tools, but we want to see like, do, does, it, does it really feel safe in their container? That shows us that they they have those tools. It's not just a certification on their wall. It's something they really do possess. So I like that. I don't like coaches who are trying to fix me. I'm not a problem to be fixed. I don't like coaches who aren't focused on me. I see them digging in their drawers and playing with their hair and looking away and hold on, let me check my text. Like none of that. Someone can't be focused. That's for sure not for me. I do. I really have a low sensitivity to toxic positivity, which is also runs rampant in the coaching industry. When coaches don't understand how to coach at a high level, they'll tend to drop into toxic positivity, which is like pushing you to feel better all the time, pushing you to find the bright side, to be grateful, that kind of stuff. I will just hang up on someone. (laughs) I have no tolerance for that. Coaches who rush me, coaches who interview, I'm hiring. Oh my gosh, this happens so often. I was talking to my friends about it. When we as clients are hiring someone and that coach acts like they're interviewing us as if they're doing us a favor, that's very off-putting. I just hate that. I would I would never pay someone to look down on me like that. I don't pay, for, if I feel like I'm being scolded, that's for sure a red flag for me. Another one, and this is so common, I can't tell you how many coaches I never hired because of this, who don't believe in me or um, Facebook ads people or marketing people or who I've interviewed and I told them these are my goals and like, oh, that's not possible. Nothing will end a call faster than someone telling me they don't believe in me. I mean, it's just such a, and, and I don't look at it as a bad thing. I think it's very useful. I'd rather know ahead of time that this coach has a very limited ability to believe in someone than to pay them a lot of money, get in a relationship and then realize they have a very limited capacity to believe. It's pretty common to find in coaching because a coach can only offer what they have. So if they don't really believe in themselves, they're not going to be able to stretch their capacity for you. It's not an it's not an uncommon problem. It's actually pretty common. I find, to my surprise, a lot of coaches don't hire their own coach. They sell coaching. They want people to join their coaching program, but they don't believe in it enough to hire their own coach. And their ability to deliver coaching to me is limited by their ability to deliver coaching to themselves. And if they don't find it valuable enough to pay for, it just it really shows. And so I think that's actually useful. A useful question to ask is, do you have your own coach? If they don't believe in enough to have their own coach, I would really question if there's someone to work with. And I see this at the very highest level, people who have been out in the industry for a very long time, who just don't have a hire a coach. And then they wonder, why don't I have a lot of clients? I think those things are are really related. If we can stretch our own capacity to believe in ourselves. We are able to offer so much more to our clients. So I put that in my must-have category. Do you have your own coach? But I think it's just again to emphasize it, really pay attention to how you feel. 
During the session, are you feeling at ease? Are you relieved? Do you feel connected to you? Do you feel more love for yourself? If that's the case, that's going to be a really good partnership because growth really should be gentle. It shouldn't be painful. And it's very easy to use coaching tools against yourself or have a coach use them against yourself. So pay attention to how you feel. If on the call, you feel ashamed of yourself because of how the coach is talking to you, that's probably what will continue when you're in the coaching relationship. So I think it's just best to cut it off at the knees and not even pursue a relationship with them. But if you're feeling connected, you're having fun, you feel light, you're like loving on you, that will also continue to the coaching relationship. Look for that. All right. What you, this is the next category is what you think you need to know, but you actually don't. Just be aware for this. I, uh, I've, I've encountered this both on the client and the, or I've encountered this on, on a number of occasions. And so I wanted to actually not a number of occasions. I think it's just once or twice where I've had someone reach out and say, can you, I'd love to work with you. I love your podcast, but can you give me a list of people I can talk to? I can call for references. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Some coaches will be sure. Here you go. And it's how we hire, how we hire doctors or how we hire pet sitters. So it's, it's very familiar process to want to talk to lots of people who've worked with this coach, for example, very familiar, nothing wrong. Some coaches will have no problem with that. I never do that. And here's why. If you want to see what other people are saying, you can look at my testimonials. That's, that's what a client has given consent to share. They've given it to me with here. I want other people to know this. They have consent. If I were to give you a list of my clients' names and numbers, that violates their confidentiality. By that alone, I would never hire a coach who gave me the name and number of people they've worked with. I think that's just such a violation of the relationship. And it puts their clients responsible for growing their coaching practice. And both of that seems super unethical to me. So here's what I tell them. Well, I have one, I think it was just one client who reached out and asked, can I have a list of referrals so I could talk to? And I said, with so much love, no, you may not. And I didn't say these exact words. You can see my testimonials if you like, but I don't share because I have a very strict client coach confidentiality that I uphold above everything else. I've signed a legal document. I never reveal the identity or contact information for any of my clients. And you don't want me to do that. I, you would never want a coach to do that to you. It's not your job to grow their program. I told him, my client's job is to take care of themselves. That's their job. Their job isn't to grow my business. So no, I'm not going to share their information. It's And it's totally irrelevant here. Why the client wants this is because they think, okay, if certain people I know have gotten the results that I want, then I can get it too. And that actually is a faulty thinking that's probably holding them back all over their lives. The truth is nobody can tell you if you're going to get results in a program or not, except for you. You decide you're going to get results and then you get the results, period. We don't, we want to break the habit of looking to others for what we're allowed to have. I see this all the time in medicine where people will say, well, in my department, no one gets paid more than $250,000. I can't ask. So why can't you ask? Since it hasn't happened means you don't deserve it because they don't have it. You're not allowed to, or it'll come up in marriages. Well, because my husband never does, I'll see, let me have an example. My husband always spends Christmas with his family. I'm not allowed to ask to have Christmas with my family. It might not make a lot of sense if you're hearing this, 
but we do this to ourselves. We're like, if it's not entirely, if it's done the certain way, if they get these resources, that's all that's, I need to uphold that. I need to never question it. I need to interfere with it. I can't have anything else. And these scenarios, we just want to question all of it. But what if it's not true? What if your results in a coaching program have nothing to do with anyone else? It has to do with, do you want these results? Do you think you're allowed to have them? Are you willing to create them? The answer is yes. It'll matter what anyone else has done with it, right? If your husband always spends Christmas with his family, but you want to spend a Christmas in the Bahamas with him and your kids, you get to ask for it no matter what the precedence has been. That's a huge, huge part of my coaching program is learning how to trust you and take care of you first. And so I, the first transformation a client has with me is on their payment because they get to decide, all right, I don't have anyone who's worked with Christina Arnold before. Do I love it? Am I willing to go all in for myself? Can I trust myself here? That's your first transformation. It starts from the very beginning of seeing this is what I want and I'm allowed to have it and making that happen, not making yourself wrong for it. So that's for those, all of those reasons, I don't hand out any client information Even if my clients were to consent to sharing it, I wouldn't because I really do believe in honoring and respecting their time and and channeling their time and energy towards their own growth. Next, your brain is going to say they want to know about training schools, experience client number. Listen, you can ask it all day long. Do it if you want to ask it. But again, your brain is looking for circumstances to predict your results. And the truth is, none of that predicts your results. I've seen clients who have never had any drop of coach training be absolutely brilliant. And I've seen coaches, I hope I said that right. I've seen coaches who've had no training be actually brilliant at the craft. And I've seen people who've had all the training be horrible at coaching. So really, none of that will tell you anything about anything you want where your brain wants to look at other people to know if you can trust someone, what you're going to learn in coaching. So just go ahead and start practicing this now to trust you the most. Do you have a good vibe with this person? Do they understand what you want? Do you feel like you could tell them your secrets? Do you feel better after talking with them? That's what you're looking for in a coach. A lot of coaches will have a problem with me saying this. So buckle up and brace yourself. <laughs> I think something else you want to consider is to pay attention to their payment structure and compatibility there. I think that's important. If you are not available Monday through Friday, because it's like your world's on fire, getting the kids to daycare and running the lab and teaching the med students and keeping the house in order, you want to look for a coach who's got availability on Saturdays and Sundays, right? You want something that matches. There are coaches you could spend a hundred thousand a year with dollars a year of co- of coaching. It would cost a hundred thousand dollars to spend a year with them on coaching. That is, I will never spend that amount of money for any amount of coaching, no matter what. I just do not think that's a great. I just would not. I don't want to work on it. It's not interested. I would not be compatible. I know lots of coaches who charge a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's not compatible for me. Doesn't mean I'm wrong or they're overcharging or I'm a cheapskate. It just means we're looking for compatible structures, right? So we want that to be compatible. My program, by the way, the time of uh, recording this is that when you come into me, my program, you are going to get weekly coaching for this three-month package. We meet once a week for three weeks. We design it around your schedule. While you're with me, you get a VIP pass for three months. That is, you get access to everything. 
The large group coaching, we meet at least once a week. I have a small group coaching program with just a couple of people. We meet on Brady Bunch. So you see everyone in the room. Nothing is recorded. People love it. We have such a high vibe conversation. I also teach coaches how to coach. So I'm coaching mastermind where we teach the essentials essentials of business building and coaching in a trauma-informed way. Get access to all of that for $5,000. So I try, I love, I know there's a lot of physicians who will charge twenty dollars to $60,000 a year to work with them. I love that my program is so accessible. I don't see any other program that offers the results that we offer with as much support as we and access and community as we offer for the price point we offer. It just doesn't exist out there. And I love that. I love being super accessible. All right. Last thing, just a broad category of mishmash, other things you want to consider. Oh, what I want to say is my $5,000 price point, I, I created that way to be super accessible. And I realized not everyone's going to love that price point. Some people are going to say it's not valuable unless it's $50,000 a year. I only want to pay $100,000 a year for coaching. Like those people are not my people. That's okay. I know there's lots of coaches out there who would be perfect for them. But I really like being accessible. All right. So other things to think about for your when you're hiring a coach is I love to do this. Think about what is it? that you want to get done most next? What is it? Is it your marriage? Is it parenting? Is it business building? Is it weight loss? Are you working through a divorce? Like identify what you want first, because when you do, you're much more likely to get to your results much faster. We have to see what you're looking for. Remember this relationship with your coach is not a marriage. You can leave it anytime. You can divorce them. You can let them go. You can fire them anytime. You don't have, you can do a consult with them and love it and decide they're not your coach. None of this is permanent. Coaching relationships are designed to be complete at some point. Knowing when they're complete can be super useful. How, let's see. I think also you want to be, as you're thinking about working with a coach, do you feel comfortable giving them feedback? Like letting him know, I hated that question you just asked me, or that did not feel good, or you're totally wrong. Like, do you have that? Do you feel like you can be really honest and advocating for you? If you, we want that for you because that helps you build a relationship that's just destined for success. Love the idea of deciding ahead of time what you want, making goals for yourself, whatever that is. I'll give you an example in a moment and just keep checking with yourself. Are we there? Does this feel like this coaching relationship is helping me stay on track or let me just tell them, hey, listen, I hired you to help me grow my coaching practice. It's not growing. Let's just refocus on that, right? You want to be able to, do you feel you could be completely honest? Know your preferences. Your preferences aren't wrong. Your preferences, your preferences, and they're beautiful. So do you want to work with moms? Other doc- Do you want to work with a doctor? Do you want to work with someone who trained the same school that you trained at? You just get to pick and knowing them can be so helpful. All right. So to the question of when do I know a relationship is complete? This you also can borrow on how you know your friendships or romantic relationships are complete. It'll be very similar. But this is why it's also so important to set goals at the beginning. I want to do this in this coaching relationship. I want to, let's just say someone wants to lose 100 pounds. Once you've lost 100 pounds, that might be complete. You just get to check in again. Or you might say, no, I want to I want to now work on building muscle. But we always want to be checking in. What is my goal? Where am I? Is this complete? Or is there more work here to do? Sometimes I know when... When the relationship is over, my goal is over. We spent six months together and I don't feel a call to renew. Or I feel like we're having the same conversation. We're kind of not getting anywhere. Or I feel like I, I know all her tools. She's telling me all the same things and nothing is really landing. 
And those are just some examples of when I've known that this is this is done. I think it's complete. It's okay. Remember, these are not marriages. They don't have to last forever. They're not designed to last forever. They're designed to help you through a certain segment of your life. And you can, when you recognize when they are and you move on in step, it can be a really loving goodbye. So I think what can get in the way sometimes is people, the client will think, oh my gosh, my coach is going to hate me. They're going to, they're going to think negative thoughts about me. They're going to be so worried and sad. And I mean, that might happen maybe, but that's also, if, if it, all of that happens, that's really for the, the coach to be dealing with. That's really not my business. Like that's why they should have their own coach so they can deal with all of this. It's okay that they're, if they hurt, it's because of how they're thinking and they can deal with that hurt. It's not because of my decision. It's because of what they're making of it. And I can do, I can share my decision in a really, really loving way. So how I generally do this is once I, f- I feel like I just know my body, uh, how it'll show up is like, I don't really want to meet them. Like, I don't really want to go anymore. <laughs> I can sense it. My body's like, this is done, Christina. And so what I'll do is, you know, we can say goodbye from love. We really can. So I'll write them and I'll say, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our container. This has been a wonderful experience. I do feel like it's complete. I don't want to say goodbye because I often rehire the same coaches down the line when I come up against similar things. I'm happy to refer you to people looking for the same thing, you know, if that's true, which it generally is true for me. And I wish you so much, you know, wish you so much, sending you so much love. That's how I say goodbye. I say goodbye with so much love, knowing that there's a very good chance I'll come back to this coach in the future or I'll refer them out to other clients who are looking for someone. So I like to say it like that. And I think when we infuse the decision with so much love for us, for them, it feels really good in their bones. It's possible for something to be complete and say goodbye with love. Now, I want to say having gone through all of this, I wanted to share next. I think it's useful to remind ourselves that no relationship will be 100% amazing all the time. Even the best coach will sometimes say something from left field or won't land right or will hit a bump in the road or will have an obstacle. That's okay. That's how relationships between two humans work. It's okay. What we can do as a client is just to remind ourselves that we get to direct that next step too. We can take all the good in the coaching relationship. We can direct the coach. We can let them know, hey, listen, that didn't land well and here's why. We can guide them to the next step and all that can help optimize the relationship for us when we're very clear on our needs and we feel very confident in in our ability to express them and our ability to be heard and move the relationship forward. All right, so those are my tips. I wanted to just walk you through what I went through this past week. I always have a private coach. Every once in a while, my, every six months, my brain's like, you don't really need a private coach anymore. But when I step away from having a private coach, I do start feeling like my mind gets slowed down by a lot of drama. I start feeling reactive, overeating, not sleeping as well. I I just know, I told my husband, I said, listen, don't ever let me go without a private coach. I know every six months, I'm going to tell myself I don't need one. and I'm going to forget how good I feel when I have one. And I really, I I personally feel like I'm always going to need one. I don't think that's true for everyone. My husband, by the way, does not enjoy coaching, does not like it one bit, and he does great in life. So you might be a person who's more like my husband or more like me or somewhere in between. So here's what I did. I decided what do I want next 
as my coach, I've done lots of things. I've done certifications. I've been done business training. I've done, I'm in a trauma-informed coaching. I always check in with myself. What do I want to do next? What is the goal I next want to create for myself? And the answer is I want to, gen- I love a general life coach. I love hiring one coach who can help me with everything. How do you find a good general life coach? You just look for a really good, strong coach. A strong coach can coach you on anything, religion, kids, money. So that's what I decided what I wanted next. What is a, What am I looking for when I sign up for a coach? Is I always do a coaching consultation to see if it's a good vibrational match. I look for a coach who has brilliant questions, who's not trying to push or pull me, who's not trying to fix me, who's focused on me, who gives me lots of space to think. I look for a coach who at the end of the session, I feel better. I've been able to giggle with them and laugh. It's not super serious. I feel more like myself. I feel more connected to me. I have more clarity. I feel more relieved. So the goal I'm looking for, kind of a subjective one, but I'm looking at, do I feel better at the end? Or do I feel like I had to fight the whole time with a coach? I for sure would not hire someone I felt like I had to fight with. But do I feel like relief? I feel like more like me at the end of the session. So yeah, so I um, that's what that's what I'm always looking for. I asked my friends, said, hey, listen, I'm looking for my next coach. Send me who you love. I had, I think, four or five coaches I book sessions with, which is a lot. Usually I just book one session with one coach and then decide yes or no. I don't think you have to exhaustively look at people. It just happened to be that I got four four or five names came to me. So I was like, yeah, why not? So I booked them all in about a week or two. And here's something I do that, again, coaches will not tell you to do. I find it very instructive. I wrote each of them and said, hey, I'm looking for my next one-on-one coach. Here's how I work. You're going to tell me um, your price and your package. I don't I, if you, if this is something you don't do into the consult, totally fine. But this is a deal breaker for me. I only work with people who are honest with me up front. I don't like playing games. So that's that's how this is going to go. <laughs> very directive. I'm very, I have strong leadership energy. That's good for them to know, right? Because I might not be a good fit for a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches, they won't tell you their price. It's like some big secret. Until you book a call, you spend an hour with them. And I just feel like, um, no. My time is really valuable. There's no point in us meeting if you're going to play games with me. It's a really good limits test, and it tells you so much about the coach. So one of the coaches who wrote me back must have written six paragraphs all about her policies and her price structure, and that for me was a for sure no. When a coach can't say my price is $5,000 for three months of coaching, like it should be a sentence. When it's not, when it's six paragraphs, that tells me that coach does not have her own coach. That coach has so much drama and mess going on with her head about a price that she feels like she has to tell me all this stuff. I don't want a coach who is struggling at that level. So she was definitely a no. Someone else uh, didn't write me back for like a week, 10 days, a week or two. I mean, maybe she was on vacation, but she didn't say. She just got around to me, took her two weeks to respond to me. That was a clear no to. I'm looking for someone who's a little more responsive. One coach canceled on me in the last minute. Listen, life happens. I get it. I've had to do that too. Um, She rescheduled and she sent me an appointment calendar link, but she didn't give me a Zoom link. So I'm at the appointment time. I'm at my table. I've cleared this hour for her. I'm sitting there with no Zoom link. And I write her, I'm like, hey, I didn't get a Zoom link. She doesn't write me back. 15 minutes go by. I'm still waiting there. So I wrote her. I was like, listen, I didn't get a Zoom link. I was there on time. 
I'm just going to take this as a sign. Let's not reschedule. I'll keep your name for the future though. She wrote me back. I have no idea what she said, but I do think like pay attention to the, to pay attention. If they make it really hard for you to see them, just question because how a coach shows up on your consult call is how they're going to show up in the rest of the relationship. So they can't figure out the tech. They can't figure out the time. They can't be responsive getting to the console call, that's what they'll do once you give them their money. That's a sure no for me. So that was a no for her. her. I met with another one. <laughs> There's a lot of, this is hopefully very helpful for you. I met with another coach who was there on time, ran the session really well, but she wasn't super focused. She was like really looking all around. She was, didn't have very good eye contact. It seemed like she was bored with me. It also seemed like she was interviewing me. I am the client looking to give someone a lot of money and a lot of my time. And it seemed like she was interviewing me. And that was very off-putting. She's also really aggressive, like interrupting me. And some people love that style. It's not a wrong style, but for me, it feels aggressive. I don't want to be coached on that. I just don't like that style, right? It's just about preference. It's not wrong. It's just not for me. So she was a no. I, the, I did hire a coach and I usually work with women. This was a man. So that was a little unusual, but he asked the most brilliant questions. We laughed. I felt better right away. I remember I was working on a particular problem for three weeks and it was just kind of lingering there. And he asked a few questions. I felt totally better. I looked down at the clock. We had been talking for 10 minutes. That's how long it took to unlock the thing I'd been gnawing on for three weeks. I felt better right away. I love talking with him. I felt very comfortable telling him things. That was a very easy yes. So in summary, this process of picking a coach is very similar to the process of checking in. Is your romantic relationship working? Is your relationship with your coworker working? And hopefully these tools are the tools you can use to hire your next coach, check in your relationships. If you loved what you heard, if this sounds useful, I want you to know that in my coaching program, this is the kind of work we do every day. I tell you, rip from the diary let you know what's going on in my life. What's worked for me, I share a rip from the diary type stories and scenarios because with my clients, I'm both accessible and I'm not above them. And I really like just not playing any games. The goal being, how can we help you feel better now? We do this work every day. We would love to have you in the program. You can check us out, book your consult to see if we're a good fit at yourpathandfocus.com. And to never miss a podcast, free training, a workshop, or freebie, make sure you enter your email at yourpathandfocus.com slash email. Have a beautiful week, everyone. I also wanted to thank those of you who listened all the way to the end. Thank you so much. And may I ask you for a little favor? Since you listened all the way to the end, do you mind subscribing and leaving a five-star review with a comment on iTunes? The comment can be super brief. It can just be, I love this episode, or I can't wait for more, or whatever's on your mind. Why that's so meaningful is it helps the algorithm send this podcast to more people like you. We can help more people feel better right now. And this is how we can partner together to make the world a better, safer place for everyone. I'd appreciate that so much. See you next time. Bye.